We'll get some more insight from Steve Phillips, uh, former Mets GM, of course. You can catch him on uh, Sirius Satellite Radio talking MLB. Steve, thanks for taking a couple of minutes. No, my pleasure. Good to be on with you. Yeah, always love having you on. You give great insight and great opinion. And the reason why I wanted to have you on specifically tonight was your opinion on Matt Harvey. Uh, we've been talking about Harvey and the fall from grace, the first hour of the show, how sad it's been. But I loved your candid views, Steve, of it as a former GM, you know, basically saying, who the heck is Matt Harvey to, you know, cry about anything at this point because he's been terrible. Yeah, I mean, look, I think players earn what they get. There's no scholarships in professional baseball. And, you know, you go back to after the 2015 season, since then, he's 9-19 and with a 5.6-something ERA. He's given up a lot more hits than innings pitched. He's walked like 76 guys in 200 innings. I mean, it's, uh, he, he has struggled. And, and, I mean, this is a predictable outcome of his performance. I, I mean, I don't – I mean, this isn't any surprise. I mean, he struggled. Uh, there are a lot of guys who might be sent to the minor leagues, a lot of guys who might be out of baseball that have performed in this way. So, you know, he has no right to be angry at anybody but himself. And, I, and certainly he has said he is. But the idea that the Mets owe him something to keep him in the rotation, you know, David Price, uh, you know, with, he was with Tampa, then went to Detroit, went to Toronto, now in Boston. He has this note that he puts in his locker. And it says, if you don't like it, pitch better. And that is absolutely the truth and something that somebody close to Matt Harvey has to have that conversation with him and say, look, you're not a victim. You're you're absolutely not a victim. If you were pitching in a way that the Mets thought you could win a game, you'd be in the starting rotation. You've earned this, and you've taught them to treat you this way. So, you know, if you want it differently, then go out and pitch better, and you don't get to dictate and pick when you pitch and where you pitch. Just when they give you the ball, go out there and get the job done. And so, you know, there's nothing else that he can say or do and the idea that, that he has some anger or resentment toward the bats is, is ridiculous to me. And what it does is it further reinforces the decision that they made that they did the right thing. Yeah, I'm, I, look, I'm with you. I'm in agreement with you here. How would you, Steve, have handled this? Have you ever had to handle something like this when you were a GM with a player? Would you have been this candid as a GM? Did you ever have to handle a situation like this? Yeah, I think that, you know, we sent, I mean, back when I was there, we had Steve Traxel that we signed as a free agent. He was struggling. We sent him down to the minor league. Uh, now, the good thing was, and this is uh, the most amazing part of it, is we talked to Traxel about it, and he had to approve the move to the minor leagues. And he went home after we talked to him about it, and he was complaining that, you know what his wife said? He said, she said, go to the minor leagues. Are you kidding me? You, the way you're pitching, you should go to the minor leagues. And he did. But, but, but he needed somebody close to him to be honest with him. And that's the problem for Matt Harvey is that nobody has had the courage to say to him, knock it off. Like, you know, you're, you're, you're not entitled to anything. Uh, and, and look, he's, 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 he had great stuff. It has certainly diminished from some of the surgery. So where he is healthy, he's not the same pitcher he used to be. And he's going to have to find a way to compete differently. But the bottom line is you find out a lot more about people when they deal with adversity than when things go well. It's easy to be a good teammate, to be a good interview, uh, to, to, to go out there and smile for the cameras when everything's going well. And, you know, the dark night, you get the, the, you know, the back page of the papers. When something starts to go wrong, that's when you show what you're made out of. Uh, and what we've seen in those moments, and that's why I would not have tendered him a contract this past year, because what he's going to need in order to become a really good pitcher is determination, uh, persistence, perseverance, fight, battle. When something goes wrong, he's going to have to bow his neck. Uh, he's going to have to deal with the fact that he's going to give up two or three runs sometimes, and it's going to be okay. You've got to pitch through that. And, but when everything seems to go wrong, uh, he, he hangs his head. 
and he just seems defeated, and he seems victimized, and he is not a victim. Yeah, I think, uh, and I think he needs somebody to tell him that. I think it's an excellent point. We're talking with Steve Phillips, former Mets GM, currently MLB Network Radio. Uh, Any time, I mean, I know he came back from the Tommy John surgery, had a good year in 2015, but any time, Steve, outside of that, he's dealt with adversity, he has failed miserably. I mean, his attitude changed. Uh, He's always had a bad attitude, but it's easier when you're pitching the All-Star game at 2013 at Citi Field. But after that, he just never got off the mat. What do you think is the biggest reason for that? Is it thoracic outlet syndrome? Is it his attitude in general? What do you think is the biggest reason Harvey has fallen from such high, you know, hopes. Yeah, look, he, he's not a bad guy, but, but when you've had a lot of success and you haven't had to deal with a lot of failure, you don't learn how to deal with the failure. So there's some part of that. Uh, I think it's some part of just, you know, as you're coming up in the game, uh, what's acceptable and what's not. And, and, you know, we've gotten into this environment where we feel like we need to sit down and explain to everybody what they're doing. And I give the Mets credit. He had his say, but it didn't change their mind. And they did exactly the right thing. Now, the hope is that when you give a player some ownership and some input, and then you make a decision that he takes some level of ownership in the ultimate result and goes out there and gets the job done. Because, you know, one of the things, and I've seen this tweeted out a little bit, and I, and I kind of agree with it, is that if you keep bemoaning a move to the bullpen because it's for the lesser than pitchers and that you're better than that, then what are you saying about the guys in the bullpen? Because it's not always a demotion. And quite honestly, maybe it's the role that he needs to pitch in right now. Maybe he needs to be a relief pitcher right now. Maybe it will be the thing that will spark him being successful again. And quite honestly, if he's successful in the bullpen, I don't move him back into the rotation because I think role matters. Because right now for him, he doesn't have that sort of, of, uh, you know, his stuff is falling off because he tries to pace himself a little bit in the starting rotation. Uh, and because of it, it's not good enough because he doesn't have the kind of command to get away with throwing high fastballs. He's one of the highest percentage of high fastball pitchers in baseball, but he doesn't have enough velocity for it to be an effective pitch because when he makes a mistake, they hit it. Uh, and then he nibbles off the corners because he doesn't believe in the fastball. And sometimes going to the bullpen, he can generate a little more velocity and have a little more power in his pitches to where it's not as hittable. Uh, and maybe he needs that aggressiveness to go back out there again. So it remains to be seen but he's going to have to have the right attitude if he's going to get any sort of positive result. Yeah, amazing. The attitude, step number one, and he still, for whatever reason, years later, has not learned. Look, it's disappointing, okay, the way that he was, 13, 15, all that, to see where he is today. I mean, Steve, I said on the air I wouldn't trade him for Mike Trout a few years ago. Now I'd kill to trade him for Ronnie Torres or Austin Roman. He's got zero value. How do you think this ends with Matt Harvey and the Mets? Well, I, listen, I mean, I never completely give up on somebody. I mean, it's, it has not gone right for him. There's no question. And I want to say and have some empathy for the fact that, that, look, when you are going that well, you create an expectation for yourself. You create expectations from others. And, and it's hard when you're not the same guy and you want to try to get the same result. But it's going to take fight for him. And, and, you know, sometimes you have to hit rock bottom. And I thought maybe he had done that. Remember when he, he, he didn't show up to the ballpark and was out all night and was kind of down on the dumps, and I thought maybe that's rock bottom to get him to sort of recommit to his career. Uh, but, you know, you don't get to say, well, I got 11 of the last 12 hitters out against the Atlanta Braves, and I figured it out. When, when you know, you kind of had to figure it out before you gave up six runs in the first three innings of the game. So, uh, you know, look, he's, he is not a lost cause, but it's going to take a lot of determination and effort, and he's going to have to accept the place that he's in, 
and then start to fight from there. And, uh, you know, he's, he's made a lot of the right stuff to have, getting, to have gotten to where he is right now, but it's going to take more than he's ever been able to, to give in the past in order to try to get himself back on track. Talking with Steve Phillips, former Mets GM, current MLB Network Radio. You know, by the way, Steve Traxel, very underrated. I loved when you, I love Traxel as a pitcher. He took forever, Steve, but he was good for you guys, especially after you sent him back down, came back up. He was solid. Well, I, here's the thing. I give him a ton of credit. He went down to the minor leagues, swallowed his pride, and said, I need to fix things. I need to get better. I mean, and once you've accepted that, it's, you're, you're halfway there. Because now you're open to the things that people are saying to you. Now you're listening to it. Now you're willing to make that adjustment to come back up there. And he did that. And so, yeah, I mean, he was he was the slowest worker ever, though. My goodness, I remember <laughs> the chance in the game, sitting in the box, and people in the stadium were saying, chanting, throw the ball. Throw the ball. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's a problem. But it is a little bit of a problem. But he did compete. That's the thing I liked about it. He did compete. Uh, and uh, went out there and battled every time out. The human rain delay, Steve Traxel. We'll talk with Steve Phillips, former Mets GM, MLB Network Radio. How about this Mets team overall, Steve? I know they got out to a hot start. of lost a couple of series here, but no big deal. Nice record uh, early on this year. You believer in this Mets ball club? Well, they're, they're playing better than I thought they would, and uh, I think it's going to be really interesting to see now, behind the ground and single guard, what the rest of the rotation does. And I think Vargas may be coming in. The one thing that Jason Vargas needs to do is be predictable. Just go out there and give six solid innings, three runs a game, and then, I mean, that should suffice, right? You don't have to go out there and dominate. If you give a little bit better than that, and at times you did last year, that's great. But just keep the team in the game every time. You know, the bullpens have had some bobbles, but they play a lot of close games. Uh, and, you know, they have some guys with good stuff and good movement that sometimes they can't command it. They're going to need some length out of somebody in the bullpen. And Harley could really, honestly, solve a huge need in the bullpen. They need a reliever to come in and give them multiple innings to be able to get lefties and righties out so they don't have to do the matchup thing every single game that they're out there and have a chance to win. He can really serve a very important role in the team. It may not be what he wanted. It may not be what the contract like lead to in the future for him, but, but he's got a shot to, to really take on a really important role on the team because they can use that length in the bullpen. Uh, but, yeah, I, look, they're scoring runs in ways I didn't think they could. Uh, as Drew Cabrera is such an important part of this team, he gets so many big hits for them. He gives such a professional quality at bat. Uh, and so they've been exciting to watch so far. It's been a lot of fun. How about the rest of the NLE, Steve? I mean, the Phillies, the way that they started, everybody thought Gabe Kapler may not last a couple of weeks. They have certainly turned it around. Braves, the young Braves, off to a nice start. And the Nats struggling. Uh, what surprises you most uh, in the rest of that NL East? I think the Nats struggling probably surprises me the most. I, I mean, I still think they're the, the elite team in the division. Uh, but, you know, that, listen, that, that, the, the Philly starting pitching, I think, is ranked fourth in, in the National League or fourth in baseball right now. They've they got like three something, 302 ERA from the starting pitchers. That's been a bit surprising to me. They fortified their bullpen as well, and they've done it without getting a lot from Carlos Santana so far. I mean, Reese Hoskins is an animal. I mean, he is, he is a legitimate middle of the lineup for us. He's an on-base percentage guy. He's going to be a 1,000 OPS guy. I mean, he's a real good player there. Uh, and I give Gabe Kapler credit because I thought, man, I mean, honest, I, from, listen, being in talk radio, I enjoyed the debacle for the first week more than I enjoyed them winning games and everything going well because it was a lot more fun to talk about. Uh, but things have settled down there, and they've gotten into a bit of a rhythm right now and starting to believe in themselves. Uh, so this division is going to be a race. I mean, I, I really do think the sport team's going to battle it out. I think the Phillies are better than the Braves right now. Um, and uh, give both those organizations credit, though, 
for how they've gotten through the rebuild rather quickly and in a pretty competitive place right now. Yeah, we thought, uh, I mean, at least most people thought it was certainly the Nats division all the way, and then maybe, at least for me, it was a two-team race with the Nats and Mets. I did not expect the Phillies or Braves to compete. They've gotten off to nice starts. How about the NL Central real quick? Really, the NL overall. I mean, even out in the West, you got those three teams, uh, you know, uh, Diamondbacks, Rockies, and Dodgers. NL Central, you got four teams that are going to fight for that division. You think the NL Central, the way it is right now, with the Cards, Brewers, Pirates, and Cubs underneath them, you think all four of those have a legit shot to win the NL Central? Well, I think the Cubs are the team to beat still. I do. I think they have the best starting pitching, even though it hasn't thrown the best so far. Uh, I think that, that they have the best roster. They don't have a great leadoff option, but you know, there's just so much talent on that team. I still think they're the team to beat. But I think that the Brewers and Cardinals both have legitimate chances to make the playoffs as wildcard teams. I, I think they've got a real shot to have three teams come out of that division. Uh, which means that the Mets are going to be battling with the Cardinals and Brewers uh, to be able to be a wild card team. So if if the Mets don't win this division, if the Nationals come back like like I think a lot of people think they will, uh, so yeah, I think I think that it's a really deep division. Pittsburgh's not going to hold on. I, I think they've they've come out fighting, but I don't anticipate that they can do anything there. The Reds are a mess uh, as we've seen. Uh, but I think overall, uh, I do think the Cubs win that division. And then real quick in the West, because it is interesting, Nats struggle in the NL East to start the year. Cubs struggle in the NL Central to start the year. Dodgers struggle in the NL West to start the year. I know they've been playing better as of late, but you got the Diamondbacks and the Rockies in front of them right now. Who do you like in that West? Well, I, you know, the Dodgers, I keep looking at like, I looked at the Dodgers last year. I said, I don't get it. Uh, I don't get it. They that they how did they win that many games? They didn't have a single starting pitcher. They made thirty starts for their team. They didn't have a single guy score hundred runs or drive in hundred runs. Like I looked at like, like you know they didn't have any sort of MVP on their team, uh, and yet they won. Now it's, it means it's a good team effort, but I don't know. I, I like I'm not a, I, I'm not a big Kiki Hernandez guy. I, you know I like Chase Utley, but he's on the back end of it. Logan Forsythe is you know is an okay player. Uh, so I don't know. They they just found ways with their depth, and they had really good pitching. I don't I don't think Rich Hill and and uh, uh, Alex Wood are going to perform the way that they did again. Uh, but you know, Hinge and Ruth pitching great so far for them. So uh, Arizona's the real deal. Colorado's the real deal, and the Dodgers will battle. I think that's going to be a three team race, a lot like it was last year, uh, at least in the wild card. I think the Dodgers won't be the hundred game winner that they were a year ago. Yeah, some good ball clubs in the National League. Last one before we let you go, Steve. The AL East, Red Sox running away with this thing. I know you love Toronto, and they've shown some promise here early on. Just lost three out of four to the Yanks, which I was surprised at the way the Yanks were playing. But you think Boston runs away with the uh, AL East, or the Yanks or Blue Jays come back in this thing? I think I think that the Yankees will get back into that race. I mean, the Red Sox have put themselves in a really good spot, right, to, to be able to have some margin for error. Uh, but, you know, they're starting to cool off a little bit offensively. David Price has gotten dinged around a couple starts. Uh, so it's a long season. Uh, and uh, every team that's played great so far will have a slump. There will be this point where it's great for talk radio because, you know, what, what, what goes up does come down or what down does come up. But, but I think that the Yankees are going to get back into that race. And I think the Blue Jays are probably more of a wild card team than they are a division winner. Uh, but I think the Yankees will still make it a race for the American League East. Steve, thanks for a couple minutes. More importantly, thanks for Mike Piazza. Appreciate it as always. Okay, you got it. My